Welcome to Midweek Midrash, a podcast of Auburn Wesley. Now, Midrash is this ancient practice of reflecting on Scripture, of unpacking what's there, learning to read it deeply, to see what's between the lines and underneath the words, how ancient words might continue to be a way that God says something that speaks life to us today. And we hope that our conversation each week will be a bit like that, that each week we want to unpack and dig deeper into the conversations and teachings that we hear on Sunday Night in Worship as a way of keeping that conversation going and letting it reach into every part of our lives. And for this week, we're going to do a two-part midweek. And so this one, I want to share with you a scripture that I've been looking at. And I, I want to relate it to the series that we started last night in worship on healing and wholeness. And so I want to share this scripture with you from Mark's Gospel And that I want to invite you as you hear it and as you listen to this reflection to try to find yourself in this gospel story. And so I'm going to read for us from Mark chapter 5, beginning with the second part of verse 24. Mark 5, 24. And a large crowd followed Jesus and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, when we hear this scripture, um, we hear we hear a story of this woman's great suffering. Now, we have no idea how this began for her, but she's been battling it for twelve years, and that's a long time to suffer. And now her condition wasn't just about her health and her physical suffering, but in the world that she lived in, that kind of condition brought with it 
social stigma. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Shame and isolation. Feeling like you're always kept on the outside of things. That you have to spend energy wondering what others think about you, what others would say about you if they found out. Now, I tell you this about this woman's condition and the world that she lived in because I imagine that for many of us, the kind of things for which we most long for God's healing and wholeness are at least as much about the social stigma the shame that we feel, the isolation that we know, the energy that we spend worrying about what people would think if they knew, and to carry that around with us, that takes its toll. But now, this woman, she finds herself having kind of every resource at her disposal, everything that she could muster up to do, she has kind of come to the end of herself, and not only is she not in a better place with it, she's worse. And so she, she works up this kind of desperate courage, and she, she goes to Jesus. And she overcomes a number of obstacles, both from within and outside of herself, to get through that crowd and to be able to reach out and to touch Jesus as he passes by, and we're told that when she does, she's healed. And Jesus says that it's her faith that does this. Now, I want to pause and to acknowledge that lots of harmful things have been said and done to people in terrible situations when the outcome wasn't good as it relates to faith. As though, if the person had just had more faith, the outcome could have been really different. This isn't that. Let's be really clear that this isn't that. That there is no guaranteed outcomes. And that faith isn't some kind of magic device that if you plug that into the formula and it, or like crank that dial up strong enough that it automatically produces a particular kind of outcome in a situation. No, we get none of that. I mean, just watching the way that Jesus's own life and ministry plays out tells us that this life of faith is not about getting a preferred outcome. But a lot of times, I think this breaks down for us because our definition of faith um, is like very partial, I think. We think of faith as um, believing or thinking the right things about Jesus. But faith here in this story, when Jesus addresses this woman and wants to talk about her faith, I mean, he, he, it does include her hope and her belief that Jesus is one who could do something about her condition. It, it includes that. 
but it but it also includes her actions. It also includes the way that she moves, um, how she had to overcome all of the obstacles of navigating her um, her shame and all the things that she felt and to go out into the crowd and to work her way through the crowd and to get herself in a position to where as Jesus passed by, she could reach out and grab hold of his clothes as he, as he passed her. All of this is what Jesus means when he talks about her faith. It's this kind of, the way that I like to talk about it is to talk about this kind of full-bodied faith that, that gets so much bigger than believing right things or thinking right things, that it, it gets way down deep into what we do, how we live and move in the world. And what Jesus is announcing here is that that kind of full-bodied faith, while it does not guarantee an outcome, it does something in the world. It changes things. It opens up possibilities. It allows for some form of healing and wholeness to enter into a circumstance and into a situation, into a life where before that move was made, there was only shame and pain and isolation. And so I wonder what it would look like for you in those places where you are most longing for healing and wholeness, what would that kind of full-bodied move of faith look like for you? For some of us, I wonder if it would mean saying something out loud to a trusted friend that we've never told anyone before. Or maybe for some of us, it would mean making a call to get some help with the thing that started off small and we felt like we could manage it. But now, if we're honest, it's become this thing that controls us, seems to have a hold on us, that's really messing with life day to day. And we feel like we should just be able to shake it off and be better and do better but that's not how it's working. And so maybe we need to reach out and get help. Or for, for some of us, I wonder if it, that step of full-bodied faith isn't reaching out to talk to someone and to say, I forgive you. Or reaching out to someone to say, I'm really sorry for the way that that happened, could you forgive me? These, I think, might be some of the ways that full-bodied faith begins in our lives and continues to be, to this day, something that changes things in the world, that opens up new possibilities. And so I'd invite you to think about what would that step of full-bodied faith look like for you. Last thing. Jesus says something to this woman at the very end, something that I, I think we could easily move quickly past, but that I actually think might be the most powerful part of this whole scripture. 
And that is, Jesus calls her daughter. He calls her daughter, which is to name that she belongs, that she's included, that she's a part of the family. And that what that means is she is someone who is worthy of healing and wholeness. Because for 12 years, 12 years of being on the outside, of being stuck in shame and isolation, I mean, that'll do some stuff to you, you know? And so I just can't help but wondering what it would have felt like for that woman to see Jesus look her in the eye and call her daughter. And so in this story, I mean, she's healed. She's healed of her disease. But also, in that word daughter, it's like the healing is just beginning for her. She's getting back on a path of beginning to believe, of beginning to trust, of beginning to live, being able to live in this way of healing and wholeness, of belonging and and being worthy. Whew. I mean, that seems like to me that would change everything. And so I wonder, I wonder what word you would need to hear Jesus say to you. If Jesus were to look eye to eye to you, what's the thing that Jesus would say to you today that would signal to you that you belong, that you're already a part of this family, and that, and that the work, this, this path that you're invited to go on towards healing and wholeness, well, that path is about, can you trust that? Can you believe that? And then can you begin to be the kinds of people who invite others to trust that they belong to, that there's a place for them in the work that God is doing in the world? And so I wanted to share this scripture with you um, that's about um, a healing that happens in a moment, but also about this healing that just keeps going. Because I think that's how it works for us. Well, later in this week, you'll get to hear um, our friends Reagan and Anna. Um, they'll unpack Anna's story some more that she shared with us. And I imagine they'll get into this scripture a bit too. And so I hope that you'll, um, that you'll join us and that you'll find ways of continuing this conversation. Um, until the next time, grace and peace be yours.